Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Work Hard, Retire Early podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joseph Hadaway. Today, we are sitting down with Casey Gray. Casey is the CEO and founder of The Conscious Builder, a construction firm that focuses on conscious and sustainable building. He also hosts the Conscious Builder podcast, the YouTube channel, and then on the side is a real estate investor. How are you today, Casey? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. So I kind of gave you a brief introduction there. What else can you tell us about yourself? Uh, I guess I could tell you a whole lot. <laughs> I guess to keep it high level where, where I'm at uh, presently in my life, I, I spend majority of my time, man, well, not necessarily managing, but uh, driving the bus of the conscious builder. We have lots going on there uh, with our YouTube, with our construction side, uh, and with the academy now. Uh, married, I've been with my wife. Well, a lot longer than we've been married. Uh, so testing my knowledge here, I think we're going on about 17 years at this point. And uh, we have one son and we have a new puppy. Uh, we got the Christmas puppy. So life is good. Life is great, actually. Oh, yeah. Huge congratulations. Sounds like you're doing quite well. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So just first question, because uh, you are the first, uh, I'm going to say blue collar entrepreneur we've had on the show. Why construction? Construction, I guess it goes back to high school for myself. Uh, that ultimately was my best class. I went, I started going through high school thinking that I was going to become an engineer because I always wanted to build some stuff. You know, I loved playing with Lego when I was a kid and building was just something I was pulled to. And it wasn't until grade 11, they started to push apprenticeships. And at that point I was already in shop class and shop class was by far my best class, uh, partly because I wasn't just sitting at a desk working, although that is majority of what I do now, although I get to work on things that interest me now. Um, but, uh, that's, it was the beginning. And when they started pushing apprenticeships, I remember going back home to my mom and saying that this is what I want to do. I think this makes a lot of sense. This is obviously what I'm good at. And she was actually very supportive and, and we made everything work. And right out of high school, I, I found myself, uh, I turned down a couple jobs, but I found myself, a. a a great company who was willing to take me on as an apprentice. And I learned a ton from them, worked for them for almost seven years and eventually started my own business. Great story there. Definitely a good background. So you say junior in high school, that'd be 17, 18 ish when you started. Yeah. So I, I was actually, yeah, I graduated when I was 17. I was right. And then, you know, if you were working for this great firm, uh, what led you to start your own business? I grew up with my mom and my stepdad. They ran their own business. Uh, and my mom is definitely an entrepreneur. So I think that was just in me from the beginning. And I was always doing side jobs while I was working for the other person. Nothing big, but you know, just side jobs on the weekend here and there, which is easy to do when you don't have <laughs> when you don't have kids or or anything else that's necessarily pulling at your time too much. And I wanted, ultimately, I wanted that, that freedom. I wanted to be able to be in control of where the direction of the business was going. I really enjoyed that. And when I started, like eventually when I went on my own, like I was still young, I was 20, 23, almost 24 at the time. And at that time, all you're thinking about is going out, doing a good job of making money <laughs> really is what I was thinking about. It wasn't until my wife and I found out we were having our first child that, that it really 
dawned on me that I had to lead by example, right? And that's when things started to change. Actually, before that, it was a Tony Robbins event, but we started to really change our thinking and ask ourselves why, you know, what are we doing? Why are we doing what we do and so forth? And and we started to do a lot of introspection. And I, I definitely started to do a lot of intro, introspection. I say we, because my what, wife and I have been on this journey together, which has been great. And, uh, that's when the conscious builder started to come into focus was, uh, you know, around that, you know, a couple of years after being in business and then, uh, eventually it's turned into what it is today. Definitely a great story there. And, you know, I love how you mentioned your wife and you work together as one, it's a family unit, not you and her it's together. Yeah, absolutely. But we do, uh, one thing I, I, I do think is important is that we st- stick to what we're good at, right? Obviously we support each other and uh, we, we are very different in the sense that we have different interests, but our values are aligned right in our, in our purpose and our mission, like those are aligned, but we have very different strengths <laughs> and very different interests, which is good. Cause I think you need that just similar to business, right? I, my business partner who happens to be one of my brothers, him and I are very different and it works well because we respect each other and we know what the strengths are and we, make sure that that person can stay in their zone and we stay in our zone. Oh yeah. A different set of eyes and a different perspective can make all the difference on really everything in the world. Absolutely. And that kind of leads me into a little bit to my next question. So what made you choose, you know, sustainable building? Well, that's when, uh, you know, that's obviously been a journey as well. So when I started to look into what was really interesting to me and what I could do to make a difference in the construction industry. Cause that's, that is what I am interested in as well. One of my interests and the sustainable aspect just made sense to me. That's when I, I started to do more research and I continue to do more research. And now we're more focused on the health and comfort because we've realized that so many houses, uh, not just here where we are in Ottawa, Canada, but uh, everywhere, so many houses are built so poorly and they don't really understand building science and that can actually affect the occupants of the home. So we focus a lot on health and comfort and more on making sure that the people who live in the home are being taken care of by their home. There's definitely a great mindset to have. It's not as much about the job. It's about the end product. Yeah, absolutely. Like most of the stuff that we do as a construction company uh, is stuff that you don't see, right? It's the stuff that's in the walls. It's the stuff that you feel and you experience and you breathe in when you're in a home, but it's not the stuff that's, you know, for pretty pictures. For example, we do some of that stuff as well, but a lot of people hire us and they want us to do the bones, the envelope, the structure, the, the stuff that they know is important that they they don't know how to do, or they can't do, or they don't have the time, whatever it may be. And then they allow themselves because a lot of them want to be involved with it. They do the finishing themselves because they want to say that they help build their house, for example, which I think is great. I think everyone should build their own house, Uh, but you do need experts for certain parts of that for sure. Oh yeah. No one person knows everything. There's no man is an Island. No, exactly. And then stepping back from my next question to your entrepreneurship journey, you mentioned you started your firm at 23, which is, from all the entrepreneurs I've spoken with, an incredibly young age. Uh, a lot of people I say don't really seem to start, I'm going to say, quote unquote, figuring it out until 30s or even a little beyond that. So in your opinion, what was the hardest part when you were starting out and creating your firm from the ground? Uh, I don't 
remember any one particular part being hard. I'm, I'm a fan of change. I, I, you know, I take on the challenge. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, at least at the starting, right. There are challenges that came up and one in particular that I've talked about before, uh, is the, about three years in to the business, we ended up getting into a lawsuit and uh, at the time I was about, we were about to have our son. Uh, we were building our own house and then we ended up going into this lawsuit with this customer at the time. And that was a challenging four years because that's how long the lawsuit lasted. Uh, and it's the school of hard knocks, so to speak, right? Uh, there's a, I've lost a lot of time and money, but, the great thing is, is that it's not necessarily lost because it's turned into experience and wisdom. Um, but that experience is probably the hardest thing that we had to go through, not only uh, like myself as an individual, but as a business owner, as a family, uh, with my wife supporting me and so forth. Um, it was it was a whole new experience and something that we had no idea what we were walking into, right? Very few, there's very few people you can talk to about, you know, who's been through a lawsuit like that, at least that I knew of at the time. Uh, now, when you speak to more and more entrepreneurs who have been in business longer and longer, uh, a lot of them are, or have been through multiple lawsuits because it just kind of comes with the part of being an entrepreneur, no matter what business you're in, at some point, there is a good chance that you will be dealing with a legal battle for something, right? And 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 it's partly because anybody can sue anybody for anything, right? So uh, you definitely have to be prepared or be always working on yourself because what it comes down to is really mindset when you're going through a situation like that. And that that part of my life was actually was was forced growth if I was going to succeed, right? If I wanted to make sure that the business was going to succeed, if I wanted to make sure that we were going to be put into a better place as a family, uh, that was where the mindset really came into play and why I continue to focus on it so much. I like that you bring that point up. Uh, something I actually haven't heard a lot is that talk about forced growth, you know, in, in the kind of way of this has to work period. There's no other option. I mean, could you talk a little bit about how that plays into your mindset on the, you know, on the day to day, do you still have that mindset? Have, has it changed any? Yeah, partly. Yes. I think I've become more wise. <laughs> I've, uh, I, I'm very much the bull in a China shop. Let's just go out and do it and figure it out on the way. My partner is more, let's sit back, let's analyze this before we go too far. But I think having those two points of views is good because we can run when we need to run and we can slow down when we need to slow down. Uh, and once again, like I said, we we have that respect for each other. Um, so we're, we're usually on the same page uh, when it comes to big decisions. And uh, in this case, I'm actually able to uh, make some of the decisions and he'll be okay with and vice versa on certain aspects. So we've kind of laid out the rules for what we're comfortable with. So, but uh, going back to your question, I, I think putting yourself in situations where you have to grow is extremely important because you almost have to live on that edge of uncomfort, right? You don't want to be stressed all the time, but you want to be in a position where you're constantly 
uncomfortable, but not too extremely uncomfortable if you're following me, right? It's that edge, like you're looking over the edge because you don't want to be back too far. You don't want to be too comfortable because then you become complacent. You might just kind of start to to flow with things, not even flow actually, because flow is a good state, Uh, but you kind of just start to roll with things as opposed to going after the next big thing or going after the next big goal or doing what you need to do to grow the business. The best growth in my experience has come when I've had to do it, right? When you're put into a situation where you have to, like you said, you have to make it work no matter what, right? Because the alternative is something that you're not willing to do, go backwards perhaps, right? So it's, I'm a fan of putting myself or putting yourself into situations where you have to grow, right? You kind of say yes and figure out later, figure it out later is one of the mottos for a mastermind group that I'm a part of called M1. And usually you're able to figure it out, right? If you say yes, you'll find a way to make it work. It's just committing and then committing to it no matter what. I definitely hear you on that. that mindset points, you know, I talk about a lot when I do podcast interviews or even just in my writing, like on my blog is, you know, you got to look, you know, one grows in their comfort zone for one. And two, the best thing you can do is figure or start now and figure out the rest along the way. Absolutely. And uh, one of the, you know, last major points I want to check, touch on on your website, you know, you mentioned work-life balance or, you know, growing a business and a family at the same time. A lot of entrepreneurs I've spoken with or, you know, they'll say didn't have time for family for a while, you know, was spending 80 hours at work. How did you find that balance? Well, I don't think that there is such thing as balance. Uh, I think it's a teeter totter. I think you're, you're always going one way or the other. And as an entrepreneur, you need to have a family that understands and supports that. Now that doesn't mean that you have to work 24 seven, but it does mean that there has to be some flexibility because I think at least in my position as the, you know, the, the man in relationship without well, saying the masculine energy, right? Cause there, there's masculine and feminine energy and anybody who's done a lot of personal development just probably knows what I'm talking about. It can, it can be a male or female. It doesn't have to be uh, the male or the female. It's whoever is the masculine person in the relationship, whoever's the feminine person in the relationship, for example, and that, that's polarity. Now as the, the masculine person in my relationship, we are driven by goals, right? We're driven by accomplishments, by making, by creating something bigger than ourselves, by going out and, and, and basically, uh, capturing our prey, whatever that is. Right. So my wife understands that, uh, my, and I think it's important that I actually show my son that as well. Right. He, I think he should see his dad going after his dreams. It doesn't mean that I don't spend time with them or that I ignore them. Um, it, just means that I do spend a lot of time working and I know that I will put time aside for them. I can, I'm, I'm at the point now where I am more self-aware and I can pick up when my wife needs to talk, right? I wasn't always like that. <laughs> I've learned the hard way. just like most people in relationships, <laughs> but uh, this happened the other night. I could sense that my, there was something on my wife's mind. So yes, I had stuff to do that night, but you know what? It wasn't urgent. You know, what was more important was giving my wife the time and I gave her that time. And uh, similar to my son, I know that he needs time with his dad, especially being an only child. It's, 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 almost more important to, to have that time. He doesn't have a sibling to play with, right? I had lots of siblings to play with growing up. Uh, and I make sure I give him that time. If I promise something, 
uh, I deliver on that. If I have to, to break that promise or, or, or do a rain check, for example, because something really important came up, which doesn't happen too often, he understands, but I make it up to him, right? So I think time is the most valuable asset that we have. And that's probably something else that's come up often on your podcast. And we have to be very careful about where we put our time. And if you put the appropriate amount of time and and really the presence into it, the time, uh, it's not so much about, about the time actually, but it's about the, the quality of that time. Uh, it goes a long way. My family, if I was with my family as much as I work, we'd get sick of each other, right? Uh, but when we put teeter in, the, in each direction, the appropriate amount of time, it works out really well. Uh, Christmas, for example, was probably the best Christmas I've had since I started my business because I didn't work that much. I put the time into the family. But when you know the new year hit, I was ready to go to work again, right? It almost refuels me refueling and, you know, talking about it's not time. It's about quality time. A work smarter, not harder approach kind of. Absolutely. And one thing, you know, I would kind of like to touch on just out of personal curiosity, you mentioned at the beginning that you have an academy. Is that correct? Yeah, we're building something up called the Conscious Builder Academy. And we have a few courses on there now. It's designed for contractors, uh, the smaller crews, the guys that the majority of the construction industry is built out of actually is small contracting companies. And the goal behind the academy is to help those contracting companies avoid all the mistakes and hardships that I went through and give them the tools that we've created and that we use and the skill and the mindset that we have now to continue to grow their company because we can't do this alone, right? We need more contractors that are willing to build better, that are willing to step up their game. And there's more than enough work for everybody. I hear you there. And definitely, you know, always say the best people to learn from are the people who have done it, you know, and looking at you a successful entrepreneur, someone good to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So last couple of questions, you know, where can we find you online? All over. <laughs> you could probably just Google the conscious builder and you'll find us. Uh, if you like, I have my own personal page at caseygray.com, but if you're interested more in what the conscious builder is doing, we have a great YouTube channel. We have tons of content. We have weekly videos coming out there. We also have a podcast as well. If you want to more listen to interviews, uh, they're, they're set up a little bit different. There's more educational stuff in terms of what we're doing on projects and how to do certain things, build passive homes, uh, different components of passive homes and, and other high performance type buildings on the YouTube channel. But the podcast will be more interviews uh, in from different people within the industry. So uh, those are probably the two best places. It's theconsciousbuilder.com. And if you are a contractor and you do want to check out the Academy, you do have a free course, which is the five top five things I wish I knew before I started my business uh, that you can get for free at consciousbuilderacademy.com. And I will say just as, as a personal note, if you like HGTV, check out the YouTube channel. Highly recommend. <laughs> Thank you. And then, uh, you know, last question, what's next for Casey Gray? Where do you see yourself going from here? Well, uh, Obviously, we're going to continue to work on the Conch Builder Academy. We have a push on that. Another couple of courses, big courses coming out this year. One coming out in April that we'll be starting pre-sales for, pre-sales for shortly. And uh, I'm working on something else. I haven't really got the team involved with it yet, but we have talked about it. I put a lot 
of research into cryptocurrency, actually the financial world as a whole, uh, but NFTs are big. So I don't know if you're familiar with, with what those are, uh, but I see that there's a huge potential for that. So I'm working on something that will bring NFTs to the construction industry and kind of tie everything in with the Conscious Builder Academy and uh, create something really spectacular that I think is going to be really beneficial. So can't give away too much yet. Uh, it's in the works. Uh, I actually have a meeting with somebody tomorrow uh, and I have lots of writing and lots of notes to organize, get out of my head. Uh, but there's some really cool stuff happening in that world. So if you're interested in the financial world, I highly recommend you get into the cryptocurrency world and see what's going on there because there's a lot of really cool things going. And just like business, a lot of projects are going to fail, but I think it's important to understand where the technology is and, and where it can be going because technology is going faster and faster. And as entrepreneurs, we need to stay on top of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Cannot agree more there with, you know, staying on top of technology and crypto world is definitely what's big right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Casey. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Joseph. I appreciate you having me. <laughs>